Good morning, everyone. We're so glad to be with you today. I'm Sarah. This is Micah. We are the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Tri-Cities, Washington, and we're just so glad that you're joining us today. Yeah, welcome. So um, I, many of you I know, some of you less so. Uh, it turns out that I am just me mechanically or technically enough inclined to be dangerous. This is usually the way it works. Yeah, I know just enough to get deep enough into a project that I'm stuck. Like I'm committed. I have to figure this out and now finish this uh, project. And I'm really fortunate in that uh, since I was 16 and owned a vehicle and started breaking things off-roading in my vehicles and things like that. I just can't picture him breaking things, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it happened one time. My dad is quite mechanically inclined. So he is the guy that even to this day, uh, I call up or I text and say, can you help me figure this out? Sometimes we just need someone to come alongside us to figure something out, uh, to learn something new or to take that next step in life. Yeah, so today we're continuing our teaching series in the book of Acts. And Acts is the story of the Holy Spirit moving powerfully through the early church. And we spent a few weeks in the first few chapters of Acts in which we looked at the distinguishing characteristics of the early church. And they were a church that was marked by relationship and care for each other, by prayer, and a church marked um, just by compassion and outward focus. And today we're continuing in Acts and we're looking at the story of Philip and the Ethiopian man. And we see in this story how the Holy Spirit moves powerfully to bring in all different kinds of people into the kingdom of God. So Acts chapter 8 verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to mm -hmm. Philip, go south to the road, uh, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. Mm -hmm. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So we're introduced to some different characters so far in the story. One of these characters is Philip. And Philip was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. And the angel of the Lord instructs Philip to go south to the desert road on, on this specific road. And I imagine if I had been Philip at that time and, and heard the angel of the Lord's instructions, I would have responded with something like, absolutely, I'll go. And then what? Like, what, what am I going for? Why? I'm a planner. I want to know the plan. And I'm struck here how Philip, this is one of the things I love about Philip, he listens and he obeys without knowing the full plan. Yeah. So in the beginning of the story, we meet Philip, and then we meet an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, um, like most eunuchs, uh, he played a very prominent role in, um, in Ethiopia, uh, and yet... Uh, it came at quite a cost. Now, it turns out this Ethiopian man uh, was also a convert to Judaism, it appears. And we don't know a ton about this guy, but we do know he must have been fairly dedicated and that he's making something like a 1,500-mile journey mm -hmm. to come and worship in Jerusalem. And knowing the cultural context, we also can surmise that 
he came to Israel, uh, both a uh, foreigner, an Ethiopian man, and a eunuch for two reasons. He would be excluded from the inner parts of the mm-hmm. temple, from much of the worship that maybe he had come to experience in this time. And so we see this man now leaving Jerusalem, having been, we would assume, only partially engaged uh, in in the pursuit of worship that he uh, that he came to accomplish. Uh, he, he leaves having done part of that worship, and he leaves having not yet heard the good news, the message about Jesus that is now spreading throughout Israel. Another character that we see in here is the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord is the one who gives directions to Philip from the, at the beginning of this story. But then throughout the rest of the story, Philip uh, receives instruction from the Holy Spirit. And so the angel of the Lord is a phrase that's used in the Old Testament quite a bit. And um, the angel's role was to be God's messenger. And we see in story after story how this was a mysterious character, a powerful character that people um, just revered when they heard messages from God through the angel of the Lord. And I'm not really sure why it starts off with the angel of the Lord and then continues with the Holy Spirit leading and guiding um, Philip. But one thing is for sure that Philip in this story recognizes that God is speaking to him. He recognizes the voice of God and he also recognizes that God is only giving him directions one step at a time. First he says go to this specific road And then once he gets there and he sees this fancy caravan with the Ethiopian man, he says, go and stand near the chariot and just just do that. Just go stand near. So the story continues in Acts 8, verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with this very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So we see that this Ethiopian man is reading scripture, but is struggling to understand because he does not have all the information. And I know, I know this feeling, the struggling to understand and not having all the information. Just this week, Alyssa, who's our sixth grader, who's doing school online, came to me with her computer and showed me her screen and she's like, help. And I look at her screen and it's, it's a math problem. And that's all that's on there. This one math problem. No context. I have no idea um, like what she's been studying math. And though I consider myself fairly capable, like I was good at math in school, I was kind of lost. So I'm like, ah, oh, what, what are you trying to do? Like, what have you been doing? And it wasn't until she brought out her textbooks and explained to me what they'd been studying that we were able to figure out together how to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we need that context yes. to understand properly. And that's what's beginning to take now take place now in the story of Philip and this uh, Ethiopian man. 
Um, and he makes the most profound and simple statement at the same time. He says, how could I understand unless someone explains it to me? So mm. Philip goes on to explain this good news. And he begins with the Isaiah passage that Philip, uh, that the Ethiopian man was reading to t- tell him about Jesus. So Isaiah spoke of one led like a sheep to the slaughter. And that just invokes this image of Jesus's crucifixion. Um, he spoke of of this one being silent and not opening his mouth. And Jesus was silent before his accusers. He spoke of one who was deprived of justice. And we know that Jesus was innocent, though he was killed on the cross. And so um, Philip starts with the passage that the eunuch is reading. And then he explains, he tells the whole story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he shares with Philip. Uh, or Philip shares with the Ethiopian man uh, the good news. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this term used throughout the the Bible, uh, throughout the New Testament, is a Greek word uh, uh, for gospel, or good news is what the word gospel means. And what's interesting is this is a, a borrowed word. The New Testament authors are using a borrowed word that would be well understood in the first century. Uh, when a king had won a great battle and uh, was bringing a, a message of good news, of hope to his people, he would send out an evangelist, was the term used. Again, a term that we borrowed as the New Testament uh, writers borrowed. Um, he would send out an, ev- an evangelist to the town saying, your king has won a great battle and you have new hope. You will live because your king has won a great battle. So in this morning, in this moment, I love the language and the depth of, of understanding here. As Philip says to this Ethiopian eunuch, he says, I have good news. I, an evangelist, am bringing you this proclamation of good news that Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has won a great battle over evil. And that you in the kingdom of God are invited to new hope and to new life. And let me just say, 2,000 years ago, this was really relevant in the life of an Ethiopian eunuch. This uh, good news is really relevant mm-hmm. in our lives today and in a messy political mm-hmm. season, in a worldwide pandemic. Friends, we need to be reminded of this good news. In Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, a great victory has been won, and you are invited to know new hope and new life in the kingdom of God. That is good news. So the story continues. In verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Yeah, I I love this uh, Ethiopian man and his uh, passion. Like in this moment, as he becomes convinced, Jesus is my hope and savior, he sees water and he says, all right, 
This mm-hmm. is the moment. Let's do it now. Now, baptism uh, was a, a practice in Israel. It was a ceremonial washing, a ceremonial cleansing. And it was, uh, again, adopted and given deeper meaning and understanding in the early church as it was a likened like um, Paul in Romans 6. He speaks of baptism in the terms of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, that in baptism, we uh, die to our old selves. We are buried under the water of baptism and brought up into new life and to new hope. So baptism was this beautiful practice uh, in Israel that took on new meaning in Jesus. And so this man, having come to believe in Jesus, makes this commitment, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus, the Father, Son, and Spirit, and I want to live new life in his kingdom. Now, this last week, uh, we got to do a baptism. Uh, Angie, thank you for letting us be a part of that. We are so excited. Um, and it was, uh, it was a memorable one. Uh, I think our baptism is always memorable, but we did a baptism in the Columbia River in uh, 46 degree weather, and I don't even know what the temperature of the water was, but it was memorable. It was cold. But we know this, uh, there's, there comes this moment in life where the Spirit has been leading us. In this story, uh, a man had been led all the way to Jerusalem, was now leaving without the understanding, but, uh, but, but the Spirit had been working this entire time to bring these people together, that on this day, an Ethiopian eunuch mm-hmm. could say, I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And today, the Spirit is leading us. Where are we at in our journey? Are we, Philip, being led to participate in someone else's journey? Are we like the Ethiopian man who the Spirit is bringing us to this place to make a new commitment, a new step in our spiritual journeys? So we see here in this story as the Ethiopian man encounters Jesus through Scripture and through Philip and through his baptism, he is filled with great joy. And, and I, you were talking about his baptism. I love the question that the Ethiopian man asked. He asked, what stands in my way of being baptized? Yeah. And up to this point, there was a lot that stood in this man's Absolutely. way. There were physical barriers. There were racial barriers. Up to this point, as a eunuch and as a Gentile, he had experienced discrimination and he had experienced prejudice. But Jesus removed these barriers. That Mm. is part of the good news. Nothing stood in his way any longer. Paul writes in Ephesians, in a letter to the Christians in Ephesus, he writes that Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, and he's speaking here of the Jews and the Gentiles, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. I love that, that Jesus' death and resurrection destroys the barriers, the dividing wall of hostility. And so we see in this story, it's so much more than just one man's salvation, though that is something to be greatly celebrated, that this Ethiopian man found Jesus. But it's so much more. It's also about the barriers that are being removed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Barriers between people and God, barriers within um, humanity, between groups of people and other groups of people. The good news is that Jesus removes barriers and he brings about forgiveness and reconciliation and peace between um, humanity and God and also within humanity. 
Yeah. You know, so while today's story is about Philip and an Ethiopian eunuch, really this is a story of what God, what the Spirit mm -hmm. is doing in the world. And so today, one of the challenges we want to lay out is, will we be a people who listens to the voice of the Spirit, who is willing to be led, maybe on a 1,500-mile journey, not knowing exactly why we were led there until that moment comes about, or maybe led like in the sense of Philip towards participating mm -hmm. and sharing the good news, the hope that is found in Jesus with people around us. But will we be a people who are willing to listen and then who are willing to engage, willing to step out in faith and to pursue the things that God is inviting us to. So we're invited today to listen to the Holy Spirit and to the Holy Spirit's guidance. You know, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and among us. And this is just a huge opportunity for us to listen to God speaking into our lives and to discern the voice of God. Um, there are some things that we need to do. We need to be intentional about making ourselves available to God, to quiet, you know, all the other voices, all the other messages that are, that we're hearing, um, today. There's so many different things telling us conflicting messages that we need to just find time to quiet that and to listen to the gentle whisper of God. You know, for me, um, a lot of people ask, well, how, how do I do that? And, and that's, that's a good question to ask and to continue asking. For me, a big part of that is intentionally spending time mm -hmm. in prayer, intentionally spending time in scripture, and intentionally spending time with a community of Jesus followers so that we can discern the voice of God in community. We're invited to listen to the Spirit today. And as we hear the voice of the Spirit, as we hear the voice of God leading us in a particular direction, uh, we obey, we take risk, we engage, participating in the good work that God is doing in this world. Absolutely. Let's pray together. Dear God, we just thank you for who you are. Jesus, we thank you for your constant love. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that broke down barriers, Lord, that tore down dividing walls of hostility and brought about forgiveness and reconciliation and peace. Spirit, we thank you for your constant presence and we ask that you would teach us, Lord, to be intentional about listening to you and to your guidance. Lord, that you would teach us to obey um, swiftly and with boldness, Lord, when you lead us. And God, specifically right now in this time of pandemic, we ask that your spirit would guide us and would lead us. Lord, we pray for healing for our world, both physical and spiritual. And we pray that you would continue as you are, Lord, continue to tear down the barriers between people. Teach us, Lord, to be agents of your healing and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So each week we've been pitching a song your way, something that you can use to reflect a little bit more on this message. And uh, today uh, we're going to hit the repeat button. It's a song <laughs> you're familiar with and one that we've even pitched your way before, but it's called Oceans. It's by Hillsong United, mm -hmm. and it speaks to this idea uh, of, of asking the Spirit, uh, lead me. 
Spirit, lead me to where my trust is without Mm -hmm. borders. Let me walk upon the waters with you. So it's this prayer. Spirit, will you lead us this week? Friends, thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. Have a blessed week. Bye, everyone.